This morning we'll be engaging in the same thing, namely this willingness, just the willingness to be present, regardless of how messy or chaotic it feels, just that willingness to be present. And not engaging in the same old thing, but in the same new thing. So what do I mean by that? And what comes to mind to help clarify that is uh, the, the great American composer, I think he called himself an inventor, uh, John Cage. Some of you might know he was this composer that wrote this piece called uh, Four Minutes and 33 Seconds, 433. And the, the score was in three movements and it was written for any number of instruments. So you could have any number of instruments on the stage, either one, like a piano player or, or a whole ensemble. And there was only one instruction for the, the score of music, which was for the musicians not to play. And obviously it was a widely misunderstood <laughs> composition. <laughs> and he said the intention wasn't to create a score about silence, but to change how we understand what music is and to really start to hear the kind of the ambient sounds that arise as music of really broadening what music means, to undermine how we, we conceptualize music. And he had this uh, famous quote saying that what was so important in his life is, is, he said, I'm trying to become unfamiliar with what I'm doing. This morning, just for the sit, would you be willing to become unfamiliar with the breath? To undermine that idea or that concept, to become unfamiliar with the activity of hearing or unfamiliar with the pain in your knee. Just as John Cage was trying to undermine these notions of music, to undermine the notions that we might already have about aches and pains in our body or the feeling of calmness or the breath or a sound or an emotion. So this morning, the, the same new thing. In light of that, I invite you to, if it hasn't already happened, to allow the attention to come inward. Feeling the body sitting. Becoming unfamiliar with the feeling of the body sitting. And then you might want to put forth that altruistic intention for your practice today.
Really, that acknowledgement that what we're doing here goes much farther than just our own lives. And now I invite you to allow for a quality of relaxation in the body. And you might want to keep it simple. You might just want to put forth the words in the heart and the mind, may the body relax. And then notice what happens. And then beginning to contact what you're utilizing as some kind of anchor, maybe the breath. And receiving the feeling of the breathing. taking the backward step into resting in the receiving of the feeling of the breathing.
And if there's anything pleasant about the feeling of the breathing, to savor that, to open to that which is pleasurable. Abide in that pleasant experience, if it is. Maybe putting a slight smile on the face. And if it's not pleasant, that's the way it is. And simply being with that. And if the breath doesn't work for you, to feel free to use the activity of hearing or simply the body sitting.
Can you become unfamiliar with the feeling of the breathing? Feeling the, the in-breath as if for the first time. Because it is the first time. And that small gap between the in and out breath. As well as feeling the out breath itself for the first time. And becoming unfamiliar in a similar way if you're using a different anchor.
Receiving the feeling of the breathing. And when you recognize the mind's been lost in thought, that too is just as good for this quality of being present. Noticing the flavor, remembering, fantasizing, judging, or if there's an emotion there. It's actually just like the sounds of the birds. It just feels like it's happening internally rather than externally. Why be bothered by it? It would be like being bothered by the sounds of the birds. Just we have a tendency to identify with those sounds that happen internally that we call thinking.
For this day of practice, I invite you to continue with this, this quality of becoming unfamiliar, becoming unfamiliar of what is it to do sitting meditation? Can you become unfamiliar with the activity of walking? Really the sense of, oh, really beginning again. What, what is it to do walking meditation? What does it feel like those sensations on the bottoms of the feet or the body moving? To become unfamiliar with the, the mind racing here and there or unfamiliar with boredom or excitement. And not only in the formal sitting and walking meditation times, uh, but I find it so helpful in terms of uh, becoming unfamiliar with uh, just standing up from my cushion or opening the door, getting a cup of tea, going to the bathroom, having this, this willingness to be present throughout the day, this, this kind of this seamless willingness. And also that, that other realm that gets so connected with mind, mindlessness, which you've probably noticed, is around eating. So for, for lunch and dinner and breakfast, seeing if you can remember to be present for that, that activity. To feel like when you're going into the dining hall, that you're just edding, entering just a different kind of meditation hall. Slowing down with the activity of eating. What does the mind do around eating? The wanting and not wanting, the checking out. To slow down with, with the, the chewing, the swallowing, the tasting. I also want to share a, a few reflections just on the times where it feels like mindfulness is just completely and totally overwhelmed and you can't bring it back. I don't know, has anyone experienced that? Or <laughs> You never know, you know? <laughs> and, and so I, I put this into the realm of too muchness. And uh, when experience is too much, uh, sometimes it needs something different than simply seeing if I can bring the mind back. For example, uh, you might have had the experience around uh, when the mind gets lost in thought. Sometimes it's not only lost in thought, but it has a kind of momentum to it. Have you ever noticed that where it just has, like maybe it's some huge fantasy that's going on. You know, or some huge, you know, unfolding of judgment or anger. And you can see it as that, and then you bring the mind back to the breath, but it just, it doesn't stay there at all. It just, it's right back in there. And it feels like for me, when that happens, it's like I'm on a freight train, and there's no way to stop it. If I can become aware that it has that flavor to it, a lot of times what I'll do is, and it's not working, like I can't reestablish mindfulness, I find it helpful just to open the eyes and to look around. Because it's like I'm, I'm lost in this different world. And if I can find something that brings me back here a little bit, and we're so visually dominant, most of us, you know, um, or many of us, so visually dominant, it can be very helpful. So and in particular, what I do is it's opening the eyes and then uh, seeing details. Again, it's becoming unfamiliar with what I'm seeing. 
And so it's like seeing the floor or looking up at the, 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 the wood and the ceiling, looking at a particular statue or a flower or something like that. So it's, so it's really taking in uh, the details of that and sometimes even looking around, getting the head and the neck uh, moving a little bit. And, and the purpose of that is to cut the momentum. It's not to somehow try to avoid being with the thinking process. It's just to, to see if I can find some place where I can reestablish just being here a little bit. And then I can go back to, oh, that's planning. And then I'll come back to the feeling of the breath, if that's the anchor, feel it for a little while, and then I might open up my eyes before it gains momentum again. Oh, there's the, there's the fantasizing again. Oh, interesting, feeling the breath and then opening the eyes, and then eventually just coming back inward again. You might want to play around with that around the, the, this quality of too muchness, if it happens. And the same can be true for emotion. Sometimes strong emotion can really arise and it can feel like it's, um, it overtakes us. And some emotions are, are kind of designed that way. Just if you think of uh, just physiologically being the mammals that we are, some emotions are meant to take over our entire physiology. For example, fear, that the way that, that fear can function in a, a very useful way is if you think, here you, out, here you are out in the forest, you know, those, remember our ancestors, millions of years hanging out with other animals that are predators and there's the, the, the cheetah or the mountain lion. Um, it's great to have fear overtake the system so that it immediately does something else. Like it has a, a very particular function. It's not very useful during meditation, but <laughs> it's, just, it's just the family you're a part of. You're a mammal. And, and sometimes I remi reminding myself that, it, one, it normalizes the experience of being overtaken by an emotion and noticing, okay, this is just the mammal thing happening. And then again, sometimes opening the eyes can be really helpful. Sometimes I'll even put uh, some hands on, on the parts of the body that I'm feeling that, oh wow, there's the feeling of fear, there's the feeling of anger. Oh, and it feels like this. And sometimes I'm feeling it with the eyes open rather than the eyes closed. Or often uh, what I'll do is I'm not going back to mindfulness when there's a strong emotion, but rather self-compassion. Man, this is difficult. Or the, the word I use is, I just use the one word, ouch. I'm having a hard time. And I care about this. And then it's like, oh, there I am again with the experience. So I invite you to play around with these things if you enter into the realm of too muchness. And to remember, the, the realm of too muchness is, um, it's so cool to have it happen here. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because uh, then we get to explore it. We get to explore the mess, the chaos, and see if we can find our, our footing in that. So to, to become curious about that whole experience. I know it's much easier to say that over here when I'm not having an intense emotion compared to when I am. I got the easy job. Yeah. yeah so any questions about the practice? Uh-huh.
Yes. So the, the, the question is uh, around uh, the struggle of sitting here and r- really what's arising is feeling the, the distress of, of so much of what's going on in this country and how it, it, it stirs. And then there's the thoughts about what to do or how to navigate it. And um, should there be a just noticing how that feels in the body, naming the emotion and being with that rather than than taking time with the content and figuring out what to do. Something like that? Okay. One of the things that we're trying to open up here is to relate to all of that differently. And... Um, Sometimes the, the way I reflect on it is, is as a species, we've been um, dealing with some pretty bad stuff, you could say, for quite a while. And, and I th- to me, the promise of this practice is, can we start to relate and engage and do things about that in a different way? To the the uh, the unfortunate things that are happening. And what I find is having time on retreat so I can start to be with just the emotion, so I can start to relate to that differently, so that a different way of, of acting begins to arise. But I need to take time to actually have a space of not immediately trying to figure out what to do, but to actually take some time to feel. Because what I notice so often, especially in the current times, is like my mind's off to the races about you know what I'm going to do or who I'd like to destroy. <laughs> it's, it's the fantasy I like. <laughs> but it's something different to actually for me to touch the emotion underneath it, the fear and the anger. And to really become um, having a sense of that, having a different relationship to that. And then allowing a skillful response to arise out of that. Um, I think that's, that's the thing that can, that can really happen. Is, is, as they say in Zen, you know, the, uh, the Zen master Yun Men, who is, Zen master Yun Men was, was one of the, they say one of the great Zen masters. He said he had a silver tongue, the, 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 the kind of the, the, the nuance and the way he would use language. And a, a, a monk once asked him, what, what's the essence of Zen? And he said, an appropriate response. And we're trying to open up that space for an appropriate response. You know? And it happens. Like for example, just 
a few weeks ago, I was I took a walk with um, a fellow practitioner um, with a hike with some friends, and the unfolding of her life was really interesting. She spent, I think, um, a year or so in Burma just practicing, and then and then after that, she. Um, her heart was so moved by the uh, the um, the the refugee crisis crisis in Europe, especially in Greece, that um, what came out of her practice was starting this new nonprofit in this very innovative way of beginning to navigate um, a severe crisis when there's this influx of refugees coming in from the sea and how to deal with that in a skillful way. And this nonprofit that started was really such a different view of what that situation is and what it means to help people. And I really feel like it came out of her practice because she was taking time to sit, to be with what underlies sometimes unskillful responses that can look like skillful responses. Yeah, so I... I, just an encouragement to notice the content and then to feel the mess. And it, you're right, it, it takes a kind of faith that this is going to allow, allow us to be in the world in a different way. Yeah. Does that fit in some kind of way? Yeah, thank you. And thanks for asking that. Such an important question for um, our, our troubled times. Yeah. So the the questions is uh, is kind of being with the mess or the chaos and and how the the mind wants to fix or plan or figure out and then kind of sinking below below that and and this real touching the rawness and the question around that is um, uh, make sure I, I get this correct kind of how to make sure I'm still nourishing myself or making sure it doesn't uh, get to be too much, or is, it, is that kind of in, in the vein? Whoa. Yeah, like that's, um, like that could almost become unrelenting. Like, like the rawness becomes unrelenting, yeah. Yeah. And how to, I'm almost answering my own question by asking it. Oh, what's the answer I'm now? <laughs> yeah. Great. And so the response, I love this. This is the way we should do questions. Questions more often. <laughs> and then the answer is more, more, oh, this needs, this needs compassion to it, to really bring compassion to this whole process. And that's softening. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but next question, we'll see how you do this. We good. <laughs> this great. But but also, I I think it, there's something striking to me about the process that you just went through. That I just, if it's okay, just to comment on that, 
that that somehow um, uh, touching the rawness or just taking some time to sink into that to that uh, process that's going on that that sometimes the answer is within that. I mean, th- that's what was so striking to me about the way you were speaking right then. It was like you you shared that with me, and then it was kind of slowing down, slowing down with that that experience, and then something arose from that. Yeah, so, so also just an encouragement to notice that sometimes within it is where, where the, the um, is, is what's needed. So yeah, thanks for modeling that. She, she, they weren't a plant, so just so you know, but that's very good. So thank you. So the questions around, we've been speaking a lot about the, the mind and the heart and transforming the heart and the mind and what about the body and how does that fit in to this whole unfolding? I think it's beginning to, to recognize how that it's just, you could say, one field or one continuum. You know, when, when you think about how the mind functions, the, the, the mind is really this relational field that includes the body and the brain and even in some definitions of what the mind is, the external environment, and it's a more of an interaction. So in light of that, you know, when we're speaking about emotions, let's just take ex- emotions for example, much of what I'm doing when, when I'm uh, touching into, whether it be the feeling of sadness or anger, just that simple rawness, I'm, uh, I might label the emotion sadness and then I'm coming to notice how does that feel in the body? Or even with a thought process, when there's planning going on, a lot of times I get a sense of, well, how does this impact the body? So for me, I'm always com- coming back to the feeling of that in an embodied way. And often I'm, I'm checking in this part of my body, so from kind of the neck down into the lower abdomen, because this is the, the space for me where, where I kind of contact, you could say, that field of the, the emotional field or the feeling field. And the great thing about when I feel the body, it's like when I'm feeling the body, I'm immediately, the, the, the immediately back into being present. And there's something so immediate about it. Whereas thought, it can be tricky. Like I can be aware of thought, but it can be uh, unclear if I'm actually being aware of thought or lost in thought. Where the body's really immediate. Right? If you're feeling it, you're there. So there's something so concrete about it. So just practically, it can be wonderful to just notice, coming back to when you notice something going on in, in, in the thinking process of the emotional world, how does it feel? Or even when you're walking, often when I'm doing walking meditation, I'll get a sense of taking some time just to be with the activity of seeing, especially around here. This is the more on the pleasant spectrum. And then when with the, the activity of seeing, if it's, especially if it's beautiful, how does that impact the body? A lot of times there's this opening or this, this releasing that, that can be felt. 
or when hearing a sound. What's the impact of the body? So it really can be this, this thing to come back to. And I think that's the wonderful thing about the breath is it's so intertwined with the body that there I, there I am with the body. Does that? Yeah. Okay, so um, I think we're just about at time here. So uh, may you have uh, a fruitful day of being unfamiliar. Thank you.